good morning, and God bless you. Thank you for joining with us this Sunday morning, coming to you from the sanctuary of Cornerstone Pentecostal Church in Liberty Lake, Washington. We want to start with prayer this morning. We want to continue to pray for our president and those that are in leadership, that God would continue to direct them. We want to continue to pray for our nation and our community, that God would open up great doors of opportunity for the church to impact our culture. Then we want to pray for apostolics everywhere, including Cornerstone Pentecostal Church. Perhaps you have a special uh, request that you'd like to make known right now or a special uh, unspoken request. Let's make that known to the Lord right now and let's pray together. Father, we love you, we praise you, we worship you. We thank you for the Holy Ghost, the Word of God, the things that are freely given to us from you. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. God, we want to pray for our president at this time, that you will continue to guide him through these troublesome times at the leadership of our nation. God, we want to pray for not just our community, but the entirety of our nation and our world, that you would open up doors of opportunity for us to share this incredible gospel and truth with. And then, Father, we pray for apostolics everywhere. You would keep your mighty hand upon your people. And I pray for Cornerstone Pentecostal Church that you would open up the windows of heaven of blessing and provision and power and guidance. And we ask that in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said amen. In fact, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Let's give him glory and give him praise. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. I'm going to direct your attention uh, this morning to a passage of Scripture that's found in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter number 20. The Gospel of John, chapter number 20. And we are going to begin reading here in verse number um, 24 is where we want to start. Verse number 24. The Bible said, but Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, Thomas definitely had been a believer up until this. But the resurrection from the dead went far beyond his ability up until this point to believe. And so he makes this statement in verse number 25. Verse number 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. 
Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Verse 27, once again, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. I want to preach to us for several minutes here this morning about a revelation in the womb. A revelation in the womb. I know we've already prayed, but I want to pray a special prayer. This, this message here this morning has been heavily on my mind and on my heart for several days. And I want to, I want to pray for a special work of the Holy Ghost here this morning. Wherever you are, uh, maybe you're watching on your smartphone, walk, watching on your computer, whatever scenario may be, I want to pray that the Holy Ghost would do a work. Would you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We praise you. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. And I thank you for a revelation that is given in a particular and a special way. And Father, I pray that you will go beyond this sanctuary, beyond these four walls, beyond the parking lot, beyond Liberty Lake. I pray that the Spirit of God would do a special work in lives, marriages, young people, older people, whoever, wherever. Whatever the case may be, I pray for a special work of the Holy Ghost here today. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. This is a passage of Scripture, of course, that is infamous in that we are introduced to doubting Thomas. Of course, the Bible doesn't call him doubting Thomas. He was absolutely one of the twelve. He was called to be a disciple and called to be an apostle. And Thomas is only mentioned, he's mentioned fewer than 15 times in the word of God. He actually absolutely is mentioned at the time of his calling. And lastly he is mentioned uh, with the other ten that are mentioned in Acts chapter number one. Being in the upper room. Uniquely and strangely after he is identified by being with the other disciples in Acts chapter one verse number thirteen. Thomas is never heard from again. We 
don't know if Thomas ever left Jerusalem. Of course, we don't have a record that uh, eight out of the uh, 11 that are mentioned here in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 13 absolutely or actually leave Jerusalem. But Thomas is never mentioned again in all of Holy Writ. And yet he is infamous because in the few scriptures that he does appear, he plays an incredible role, a role that is still benefiting the church of the living God, even in the 21st century. Uh, Thomas has several dazzling moments uh, in, in the few times that he is mentioned. For example, in John chapter 11, uh, verse number 16, it was Thomas that said, let us go uh, with Jesus that we may die with him. He's speaking to the rest of the disciples. He was the one that encouraged them to go with Jesus and to die with him. And then, of course, in John chapter 14, verse number 5, it was Thomas that said, Lord, uh, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? And Jesus responding unto Thomas said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And so, even before this uh this incredibly important passage that takes place here in John chapter 20. Thomas does have several sparkling moments um, in which juxtaposed against uh, his humanity, Jesus is able to give uh, greater uh, truths. But there is nothing that comes close to what happens here in John chapter number 20. The Bible, uh, in verse number 24, the Bible is quick to note, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Thomas is not, is not there, and yet the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas makes this incredible statement. He said, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. There was something about the resurrection that was, um, it was, it was an abyss that was too far for Thomas' face his, up until this point to cross over. His faith was being challenged to the point that he absolutely had to see and go beyond seeing, he absolutely had to put his hand into the wounds of Jesus. And uniquely, Jesus was there. Jesus must have been there in spirit when Thomas said this proclamation in the presence of the other disciples because Jesus addresses Thomas when he walked straight into their gathering. The Bible uh, says, and eight days after this, the disciples were within and, and Thomas with them. And then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst. Here Jesus is walking right into their midst, not opening the door, walking through the door, walking through a wall. Jesus standing in the midst. 
and he addresses Thomas. I want to stop long enough to say that Jesus oftentimes is addressing us in our lives because Jesus hears the inner talk. Jesus hears us speaking to ourselves. One of the functionalities of the Holy Ghost said that he will not speak of himself, but he will only respond to that which he heareth. I believe in one factor that that is addressing the inner talk that we speak to ourselves. And here Thomas is, is speaking to the rest of the disciples that, you know what, I will not believe until I'm able to put my finger into the nail prints and thrust my hand into the wound in his side. Jesus is now present and he addresses Thomas and he says, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. And so Thomas gets an opportunity to handle the wounds that were caused by nails and to handle and thrust his hand into the wound that was placed there by the tip of a spear. And Thomas, I can almost see him in my mind's eye as he moves closer and he begins to examine the nail prints rub his finger across this wound that went entirely through the hand of Jesus and then reluctantly but yet obeying the Lord sticks his hand into the open wound of the side of Jesus. And once he inserts his hand into the wound of Jesus, he realizes that this was more than just the Christ. This is more than just the son of Mary. This is more than just a great teacher and a great healer. But he says, my Lord and my God. It was the handling of the wound that brought a revelation to Thomas. The fact that Jesus is now a wounded healer, a wounded savior, rose from the dead with open wounds, and being invited to handle those wounds, there is a revelation that is in the wounds. And so this incredible statement that is made Jesus said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have seen and yet have not seen and yet believe. Blessed are they that believe now, although they have not seen me and felt the wounds and inserted their hands in my side and felt the nail prints. Oh, let's lift our hands and let's pray right now. Oh, God, by the authority of the name of Jesus, you are a wounded healer. You can identify with humanity through your woundedness. God, I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor.
I worship you, Jesus, and I praise you. Thomas had a revelation that came from an invitation that was not given to any of the other disciples. That he could absolutely put his hands on the holes and thrust his hand in an open wound, recognizing that there is a revelation, there is an understanding that comes from the wound. We know this is true because in verse number 17 of the same chapter, Jesus saith unto Mary, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Where others were not allowed to touch, where others were not allowed to handle, the doubting Thomas was invited to stick his hand in an open wound. And when he did so, he got a revelation that you are my Lord and you are my God. Woundedness is a human reality. Woundedness is part of the human experience. In fact, in Luke chapter number 4, at the inauguration of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus, of course, was in the synagogue on that day, and he took the Bible and went to the prophet Isaiah, and he read this scripture, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has appointed me, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. The entirety of the human condition as the result of sinfulness can be encapsulated in verse number 18. All of the broken hearts, all of the abuses that take place and the residual effect in humanity Jesus, when he gets on the inside, I know that we could spend all morning here uh, today and rehearse and talk about the great healings and the demonstration of his power in opening up blinded eyes and restoring the withered hand and rising up and, and bringing people back from the dead. But the greatest healings and the most powerful healings can be found when Jesus is on the inside of a human life. When he begins to heal from the inside out. When he begins to bind the broken heart and set at liberty people that are bound to addictions and compulsions and, and bound to all of the human elements at, at, from being subjected to sinfulness and abuse. There is a revelation in the wounds of a wounded healer. Let's lift our hands and give him praise. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I worship you. Perhaps there's somebody watching and listening 
this morning that they've been to doctors like the woman with the issue of blood. She's been to this doctor and that doctor and this doctor and and they're looking for this answer and this answer and this answer. I want to tell you what your answer is. The answer is not another doctor. The answer is not another pill. The answer is not more counseling. The answer is getting a hold of the hem of his garment until virtue flows into your woundedness. And then all your issues are gone. All of the complexities are taken care of. All of the situations are taken care of because of the power of a wounded healer. Let's love him again and give him praise. God, I give you praise. God, I give you glory. And God, I give you honor. It was the will of God that Jesus become wounded. Because the Bible teaches us in the book of Isaiah, chapter number 53, as one of the greatest Old Testament prophecies of our coming Redeemer. It says, surely... He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. He's a wounded healer. And there is a revelation. That is in the wound. Verse number 10 of this magnificent chapter says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him and hath put him to grief. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 5, talking about the qualifications of a high priest. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in all things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gives, gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. There is a revelation in the wounds that Jesus bore. There is an understanding in the revelations that Jesus bore. It's not just Jesus on a cross but it is, it is woundedness in his body. It is the lacerations from the whip. It is nail prints in his hands. It is an open wound in his side where there is a revelation and an understanding that God knows and God can and God has an answer and God has your healing and God is the wonderful counselor and God is the great physician. Oh, let's give him praise right now. God, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I pray that somebody, somewhere, would receive their healing. Somewhere, somebody would receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is the great answer for the world's dilemmas, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a situation where people are running out of food, whether people are running out of answers. We've got to have Christ on the inside of us that he can begin to rearrange the furniture of our lives. And instead of it being a haunted house, it can become a temple for the Holy Ghost. And he can begin to heal. He can begin to restructure. He can begin to reorganize. He can give you victory from the inside out. Let's praise him in Jesus' name. God, I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor.
I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. Hallelujah. 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 He's a wonderful Savior. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter number 5 and verse number 6, John the Revelator saying, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain. Here is John the Revelator in the highest court in existence, in the throne room of God Almighty. And there is a lamb as if it had been slain. Somebody once remarked that Jesus will bear the marks for eternity as a reminder of redemption and the interaction of the wounded healer. There is a scripture in the Bible where Jesus heals a man that was blind from birth. And the disciples asked, who did sin, this man or his father or his parents? And Jesus said, this man, essentially, this man is, is, is blind, neither because he has sinned or because his parents have sinned, but that the glory of God may be manifest. Could it be that God was there when you were hurt? Could it be that God was there when the wounding took place? Could it be that God was there? God saw, God knows. One of the, one of the great pontifications of ideologists and, and philosophy in this hour is if God is so good why does he allow suffering and if God is so great how come does he allow abuse and the atrocities of humanity I want to tell you something just like God spoke to the disciples that this is here for an opportunity for the glory of God I believe that every single harm every atrocity every situation that is in the world today is an opportunity for the glory and the power of God. He's a wounded healer. He's a complete savior. He's a total savior. He is a complete healer. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the answer to this world's woundedness. It heals the father wound in which the, the adopted and the fatherless uh, of, our, of our world today children that have been adopted and children that are foster children and children that are kicked to the curb and children that wander uh, the metropolises of our world that have never known the love in the arms of a father, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It heals the woundedness of humanity, the brokenheartedness from broken relationships, be it family, be it this situation or that situation. When God is on the inside, he's able to bind up the brokenhearted. He's able to heal the wounded spirit. He's able to help pull up the roots of bitterness and the, and the hurtful memories and set you on the highway of holiness. Oh, let's clap our hands and give him praise. God, I praise you. God, I worship you. God, I praise you. God, I worship you.
I want to encourage somebody that's watching that there is a revelation in the womb. There is a purpose. There is an understanding. There is a revelation that is in the womb. Paul came to the place of recognizing, I will rather glory in my infirmities. But it took a thorn in the flesh. It took a thorn in the flesh for the greatest apostle that ever lived. An apostle whose voice shook parts of Asia and shook parts of Grecia and Macedonia and brought all of that part of the world to its knees under the power of the gospel. An apostle that had cast devils out of people. An apostle that had seen healings wrought in other people's lives. And yet it took a thorn in the flesh. It took a wound for him to recognize that when I am weak, then am I strong. There's a revelation in your woundedness. There's an understanding in your woundedness. And God is able to bring strength, revelation, understanding, and purpose. Because he is a wounded healer. Let's lift our hands and let's give him great praise. I'm praying in the name of Jesus that beyond these four walls that there's people that have been watching week after week and they're, it's, 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 they enjoy the content and they, they enjoy the Bible study, but it, it still is not meeting a deeper, a deeper hurt, a deeper pain, a deeper grief, a deeper sorrow from the effects of life and the effects of abuse and the effects of sin and the effects of uh, the misuse of me by others and the abuse of me by others and where was God? Doesn't anybody care? Doesn't anybody understand? Your answer is my answer. It's everybody's answer. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Putting Christ in you. The hope of glory. The hope of wholeness. The hope of holiness. The hope of healing at the very deepest level. God, I pray for the moving of your power and your glory, and your spirit. You're a whole Savior. You're able to heal the spirit and the soul and the body of every single human being in this world. Oh God, I give you the praise. I give you the glory. I give you the honor. Come on, Thomas. Jesus heard what you said when nobody else was listening. Jesus heard your musings and your doubts and your fears. Just like Sarah laughed in her tent and was overheard by the angels of God, God is able to hear what you say when you don't think he's listening. And he's saying, reach for it. Reach for my wound. And there you will understand me to be your Lord and your God. God, I praise you.
God, I worship you. God, I believe you. God, I pray that there's somebody that will go a stone's throw further today than just clicking on their computer, clicking on their smartphone, just sitting in a group of people and continue to nod while they're absolutely in pain and grief and misery on the inside. Oh, Jesus, God, forgive me for all of my words, all of my thoughts, all of my actions that were against your word and against your will and against your ways. God, I want to live for you. I want to I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to be saved. Jesus, I want the Spirit of God. I want the Holy Ghost. I want Christ in me. God, I pray for your power. I pray for your supernatural working, oh God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Be telling everybody about the good news of a risen Savior and a wounded healer. God bless you.